Welcome to the Divine Misfits Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Press, an ex-evangelical, pansexual, deconstructed religious misfit. We will be having real conversations with incredible humans about their religious hurts and how we have healed and continue to heal from our experiences. I am so thankful to be having these conversations with you. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. Um, If you couldn't tell from today's title, we're going to be talking about purity culture (laughs) Um, and my experiences with purity culture throughout my brief 10 years in Christianity um, and how it is still factoring into my life and I'm still dealing with this. So if you have a coffee, a tea, a mimosa, some wine, whatever it is you want to sip on, some water we love, um, grab it and let's get into it. This is going to be interesting. Uh, Definitely sharing more of my story. I think for me, this is personally more of my story. Just to give a little bit of a background before my time in Christianity, I grew up in a small town in the central coast of California. I lived in a mobile home park. I was not sheltered at all. I I remember the very first R-rated movie that I saw. I was eight years old and I watched Pumpkin and it was on accident, (laughs) but I was just not sheltered. I was exposed to a lot very young. Um, You know, we did what we could to get by. It was we were roughing it. We were just doing what we could. So occasionally, you know, you would hear things as a kid that you probably shouldn't. Um, but because of this, I just, I had a very open view of bodies and sexuality and sex in general and just humans in general. It was just a very different upbringing than most of the people that have probably been deconstructing purity culture have experienced. Um, so this is kind of my, uh, I was agnostic and very open and then purity culture was introduced into my life and then I became open and shameful and then, well, we'll get into it. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I moved to Arkansas. I wasn't really involved in church until I was uh, about 14 and I took a purity culture class because the boy that I was dating was the pastor's son. So at the time, I wanted to spend more time with this boy. I wanted to get in his family's good graces. And the church was putting on a purity class. It was over the course of a few weeks. Um, And of course, I signed up. I bought the book. I paid them to teach me why my body was shameful. (laughs) So I go to this purity class, we get this pretty pink book, and the boys are in the room down the hall, and they get this either like a blue or black camo book. It was like a workbook that was similar to ours, just directed towards boys and strength, while ours was towards how to cover ourselves, how to please people. So we get these books, and I remember one of the very first things that they had us do was to write down our dream husband. Mind you, I was 14 years old at the time, 
So they're teaching us at 14 to dream and write about the things that we are looking for in our husband. And, you know, 10 years, they're asking for us to just dream about that. And of course, the examples are praise every single night, calls his mom, uh, has brown eyes, (laughs) loves Jesus. And we write these lists and for the most part, they're pretty surface level and shallow with, of course, the he has to love Jesus because, you know, Jesus. And instead of teaching us to write down who we want to be, the type of person that we want to be, the type of woman that we want to be in 10 years, the qualities and traits that we want to find in ourselves so that we feel confident and and at peace and safe and secure with our with ourselves to find self-love and you know of course they're not teaching this we have learned and talked about that they often don't teach about that in churches about how to love yourself because it's seen as sinful so with that I'm in this purity class with all of these cute girls that I go to school with and they're all for the most part pretty pretty tiny and I was 14, I was about five foot seven and weighed close to 200 pounds. So I was a little heavier than the other girls that were around me. And because of that, and I was also taller. And so whenever we would have the conversations during this purity class about modesty, I was often the one that felt very uncomfortable because when the girls would stand up with their shorts, the shorts were supposed to be about fingertip length. And whenever they would stand up, you know, they would still have some short underneath their fingertips. And I would stand up in shorts that I was comfortable in, that made me feel comfortable and safe and happy and that I liked. And I would stand up and put my hands down to the side and the shorts would probably come to my, like the middle of my palms because I am five foot seven (laughs) and a 14 year old and it's the middle of summer in Arkansas okay (laughs) like I need the shorts but I immediately felt shame not because my body was existing but because I was told that the way that my body was simply existing was wrong that I needed to cover up in a way that someone else might not have to because the way that my body simply was was too much it needed to be covered because for some reason a few extra inches of thigh is just really going to set someone off they immediately put the shame onto me for having a body that didn't fit their norm and you know what I have forgiveness for that now because I have found so much love for myself and for my body but that took years of undoing Body image issues already existed before I stepped foot into Christianity, but the shame that I began to feel during this purity class until I left Christianity because my body was just built different, because my body was simply existing, I felt shame because it didn't line up or look like what the other girls did. I could wear the same clothes and it didn't fit right. And now I know it's because I I wasn't supposed to. You don't have to look like a cardboard cutout. Big thighs are good. Bodies are good simply for existing and being bodies. 
whether they are abled or disabled. All bodies are good bodies. And unfortunately, in purity culture, you don't learn that. And I don't want to direct this towards men because I know that there are loads worth of body image issues that are put on you guys and expectations that are put on to you guys. But as a woman in purity culture, I just consistently felt like not only was the pressure on my body to protect a man's body, but the pressure was on my body to hit a certain standard. I had to look a certain way, get to a certain weight, feel a certain, wear certain clothes. It was just constantly not enough, yet at the same time, way too much. Um, this is like a little side story, but whenever I started to deconstruct and started to post more freely on my personal Instagram last summer, I posted something that was in like a little bralette. It exposed some cleavage. Sorry if anyone's listening. I said we were going to be talking about this stuff. So here we are. And someone asked me if I was wearing a bra, if I posted a photo in a bra And I said, oh, well, it's a bralette. And they said, oh, well, you can really see your cleavage. I just don't know if that's what you were going for. And I was like, we're really doing this. We're really doing this. In a photo that I felt confident in, in in an outfit that I felt confident in, I immediately felt shame because I exposed something that someone else was uncomfortable with because I felt confident and free in my body For the first time in nearly a decade after dealing with all the bullshit that purity culture throws on you. And shame comes out of it. There's no point. There's no point in having shame in your body existing. If you want to show your body off, if you want to wear the short shorts or the low cut tops, if you want to wear the crop top, whatever, wear it. Do it. If it means building your confidence up while also rebelling against the system that made you feel shame and like you weren't enough, then that is a damn win. (laughs) Wear the things that you want to wear. Wear what makes you feel comfortable and confident. If that is being fully clothed and being modest in your way, then do it and you will look great. Wear that confidence. But the shame that purity culture has thrust upon us And the fact that there are so many people dealing with this just goes to show what a big deal this was, how it affected everyone differently, even if the same things were said. As a woman, once I began to realize that my body, according to the church and the leaders that I had around me, that my body was meant to be perceived by others and not to be experienced by myself. I didn't know what to do. I feel like the next few years were full of confusion because a couple years later, I was sleeping with my boyfriend at the time. And my friends from the church were also having sex. And some of us were, you know, (laughs) smoking weed together. It just wasn't taken seriously at the time. It was something that was still threatened and... I think that a lot of us still felt a lot of shame for, but it wasn't taken seriously. It was like we felt the shame, but then we just kind of brushed it off and acted like it didn't really matter and we'd be fine later. 
So it was just a confusing few years to finish out high school. And then once I got to college, I spent my freshman year invested in the church, serving all this stuff, but on the side going to parties and kissing strangers and still not taking it very seriously. It wasn't until (laughs) I started getting even deeper into the church whenever I was, you know, really invested into small groups in college. I heard so frequently because when you're in college, you can talk more about sex. You can talk about it a little bit more freely than you can in high school in terms of at church. You know, you hear more when you are in college spaces or young adult spaces and then further along adult spaces. Um, I never heard about sex really from a female standpoint any time that it was spoken about, typically during the month of February. Um, the pastors would always be men. It was always sex being taught from a not only biblical standpoint, which is just full of misinterpreted and mistranslated scriptures, but it was also white men getting up and preaching about how if you save yourself for marriage, then you'll have a smoking hot wife like me one day. <laughs> Come on. We all we all know a pastor that has said that at some point, I'm sure. Um, and it was just even more shame. Even more of this idea that if I save myself for the one, for the person that I marry, for the right person, then everything will be okay then anything bad that I've ever done will be okay. It was this idea that if I can save myself, then I can wait to give something to someone else. I saw my past as this shattered teacup and I didn't even want to put it back together. I just kind of wanted to forget about it completely and move on and act like everything was totally fine. But the thing is, is it was only shattered because it was an unhealthy, toxic tumultuous relationship that hurt he was not a nice guy and he took advantage of the love that I had for him to have sex and it wasn't until I was in college that I started to free myself from this and I think a part of me clung to this idea of purity culture because it was a way for me to channel this energy that I had given to this relationship and put it into something that I thought could heal me Turns out it did not do that. (laughs) Quite the opposite effect. Um, It completely tarnished my view of my autonomy because I was again being told that who I am, that my body is meant for someone else, that if I have sex with someone, if I kiss someone even, that I am giving a part of myself to someone else. I'm sorry, but what bullshit? Because I had done it before and still felt whole. I still felt like a normal person, but I was told that I wouldn't. I was told that I was corrupted. I was told that my soul was now with him and I there was a piece of me that would forever be carried with him. And you don't want to do that because then you're stuck having a piece of your soul tied to this person forever. And seven years later, I can tell you that is not true. 
my soul is not tied to this guy that I lost my virginity to that was kind of just a shitty boyfriend. (laughs) My soul is not tied to him. It is completely free. And I hope that he is happy and treating his partner well. But my soul is not there anymore. The people that I have kissed, slept with, anything, my soul is not with them. My soul is within me because my body is not for them. My body is for me. My sexuality is for me. And it is for whoever I choose to share it with. And that's the beautiful thing about leaving purity culture. But when you're in it, that statement feels like you are going against God because there is so much shame that we are just doused with. We are constantly told that if we do not do things a certain way with our bodies, with our partners, if we do not, if we don't wait until marriage, if we don't masturbate, if we don't watch pornography, if we don't do this, then everything will will be protected and you can give yourself to this person that you're committing your life to. And it's just toxic. It's toxic to feel shame for existing. It's toxic to feel shame for having sexual desires. It's shame to feel, or it's, it's toxic to feel shame for not having sexual desires. There are people on the sexuality spectrum that are often not included in these conversations. But if you were inundated with purity culture and told that, you know, when you get married, when you find the one, your sexual attraction is just going to turn on. If you want to hear more about demisexuality, highly recommend listening to Marilla's episode. They are demisexual and they talk about their experience with that a bit more. But there's such a spectrum that purity culture, because it's in the church, only focuses on heterosexual couples, cis hetero couples. And the thing is, is it's so much bigger than that. Letting yourself leave the box that purity culture has put you in, has put us in, is freeing. And it's scary as shit. Let me just say that. I know this is a little all over the place, but we're sitting having coffee, you know? Um, I went on a date recently, and it's the first date that I've been on since leaving the church. And when I tell you, it was so nice to go on a date and to not have any expectations. And whenever I got home, I just thought about how far I have come. And I think that this is a good moment to give gratitude to how far that I have come. And if you have unpacked even the smallest amount of purity culture, damage, trauma, frustration, anything. If you are even listening to this episode, give yourself some damn gratitude for how far you have come because dismantling such toxic theology is hard. But I came home and I was thinking, man, a few years ago, two years ago, honestly, probably a year and a half ago, anything that I was going into, I was looking at like I had to find my person. I had to find the one that I was going to marry. Part of that is because in Arkansas, a lot of uh, conservative Christian areas (laughs) around the country world, people get married very, very young. I'm not going to assume why, but you know. 
you assume what you want to assume. But people are getting married so young. And I know that some of that is shame around wanting to have sex. But there was this fear that, okay, if I didn't find someone by 25, then I am just never going to find anyone. I'm going to die an old maid. Because that is what purity culture teaches. It's what it taught young women. Your worth is defined by your ability to get a husband. Your worth is defined by your ability to get a man. And not only to get a man, but to get a godly man. A man that the church approves, that's going to lead you and take care of you. Learning from the church that I was not allowed to pursue men, or pursue anyone. I mean, obviously at that time it was men. But the idea of a woman pursuing someone that they were interested in was so highly frowned upon. I was taught that if a woman was to be the pursuer, then a man would never pursue for the rest of the relationship. And I don't think that that's true because I think that's only considering the shitty guys that are in the church that they want to be the one in control of the relationship. If a man does not pursue you, if a man doesn't attempt to love you once you're in the relationship or or make plans or do anything that you crave him to do, then he's not your person. They're not your person. And that's okay. (laughs) And I think we're just taught, we're not taught enough that it's okay if a person is not your person. So many of my friends would date. I didn't date for five years in college and I would help or talk to my friends while they were going on dates and they'd be like, I don't really think I see this going forward, but they're a really great guy. So I feel like I should keep trying. And the thing is, is they might be a great person and you might be, you are a great person. They're a great person. You're a great person, but that doesn't mean that you have to spend the rest of your lives together, you know? And I think in purity culture, at least for me, I just saw it as such a black and white thing. You go on a date and then you kind of just got to make it work. So I didn't date for five years. And then the next person I date is an agnostic, not in the church, doesn't give a shit. Helped me not give a shit. But being intimate with someone made me realize just how safe my body was supposed to be and what the church had stripped away from it for all of those years. It was a hard realization to have that the things that you had not only been believing, but been telling other people, even if sometimes I didn't believe it, telling other people as a leader that having sex before marriage was not the healthiest thing, that there would be soul ties, that your body releases the chemicals, and all of this stuff is true, that or not all of it, <laughs> Your body does release chemicals, but that doesn't mean that you form a lifelong connection with that person. Yeah, you're always going to remember someone, maybe. Sure. But you're free to exist in your body however you damn well please. And we should be able to. Our bodies are supposed to be safe spaces for us. We should have been taught... (laughs) how to love and cherish and listen to our bodies and learn what consent is and learn how how to take care of ourselves, how to love our bodies through pain, how to love our bodies through frustration, through times that we might not like how we look, how can we still love ourselves? 
We shouldn't be taught what we're compared to as objects, as women. We shouldn't be compared to a $100 bill that gets ripped up and stepped on. Because I'm not money. We're not money. It's not a thing of, well, would you still tape this back together and use this $100 bill or would you throw it away? Those shouldn't be the only options because my body and who I am is not made for someone else's consumption or use. And that's a problem taught in purity culture is that a woman's body is for a man's consumption, for their use. We conform to what they want so that we can exist in peace. If we give in to what they want, if we conform to the beauty standards that they like. There's this idea that we are not for ourselves, that we are for everyone but ourselves. Oh, you feel comfortable in a dress? Well, go change because it shows too much and you might tempt this man that walks by you who's a husband, who's a father. What does the Bible say again? That if a man is tempted, that they should pluck out their eye and cut off their hand? Yet here we are as women being policed as teenagers, as young children, to protect men. Nowhere in the Bible did I read that a woman has to go and put on more clothing, that a woman has to go and clean herself up. Only that a man should chop his hand off and take his eye out. And if you need help with that, I got you. But we put the blame, not even the blame, we put the responsibility solely on the shoulders of women. When a woman gets pregnant, it's her fault. Not that a man can't go get a woman pregnant over 200 times a year. But a woman can only get pregnant once, once a year, maybe at the end of the year. The responsibility is being placed on the wrong shoulders. It's not even on the shoulders. It's just why are we placing such heavy responsibility on something that is a man's fault? Purity culture is the reason that rape culture is so high and so, so prevalent in conservative communities. Why victim blaming happens. It's because of purity culture and the way that it has now seeped into every aspect of the systems. It's not even just within churches now. It's within the government. I mean, come on. Look at the abortion bans that are happening across the country. That is what purity culture stems from. That is what conservative control over women's bodies does. It causes shame and violence against us. Purity culture has done nothing but bleed into more fabrics of our society. We see this idea that the male gaze is how women exist. We exist to please the male gaze. And it's true because we've been taught that. But... Purity culture exists in such deep levels within our society because we have been taught that women are less than, because we have seen that women are less than in our history. We have seen that when white men come in and say that they don't, that they aren't able to control themselves because a woman wore a shirt that was too low cut or God forbid had her shoulders showing. 
and then they get away with assaulting someone because they come in and they play the victim. They say, oh, well, you know, shouldn't have done it. Purity culture perpetuates pain experienced by women, by non-binary people, by transgender people, by marginalized people whose bodies do not conform with what society wants them to, what white male society wants them to. And purity culture is directly related to that. When you go to church on a Sunday and your white pastor is talking from the stage about modesty and women protecting themselves, so or about women guarding themselves to guard the men, it all plays back into the system that works for them. And I know that this kind of turned into more of a rant than just my experiences, <laughs> but it's a conversation, you know? conversation that clearly my brain thought was important to have um but purity culture just goes so much deeper than just the individual experience it is a culture it it was a movement it was something that swept across this freaking nation and gripped itself in even more than it already had with shaming women centuries ago Now there's a name for it and there's workbooks for it. And a lot of us have been impacted by it. So I hope you (laughs) enjoyed this rant. This is a bit of a different episode. But again, I think that my brain just needed to get this out. There is beauty and so much sexual and bodily autonomy after leaving purity culture and it might take a bit and it might take practice and convincing yourself until you get to a point of safety with experiencing what you desire to experience you know you will get there you will be free from the shame that purity culture put on you or the pain that purity culture put on you because this shit it gets deep And it sinks into places that you don't realize until you start unpacking it. So again, give yourself gratitude for how far you have come. Give yourself gratitude for how far you know you're going to get. Because this is only the beginning. Even if you've been doing this for forever, there's still more beauty to find from liberation. From getting that shame off of your shoulders. For your sexuality. For the things that you desire. For the things that you don't desire. This is your journey. Do what you need to do to feel comfortable and safe in your skin. Be respectful of others. Always make sure that there is consent and pleasure for both parties. Highly recommend following some embodiment coaches on Instagram or listening to some embodiment podcasts. I'll drop some of my favorites in the show notes. Um... Make this journey your own and get as comfortable as you need to get when leaving purity culture. Test the waters however you need to test them. Talk to, have a safe person that you can talk to about what you're going through or that you can ask questions. Remember that you are in control. You are in control of your body, of your sexuality, You are in control of your time and what you do. 
Go on as many dates as you like. Talk to your partner about polyamory if it's something that you're interested in. Learn about these things. Let yourself experience post-purity culture however you need to. And enjoy it. Be safe. Be healthy. Release that shame however the hell you need to. I'm cheering you on out here. We got this. We are healing and learning to heal from the bullshit that we were taught. I'm so damn proud of you, even if I don't know you. If you're listening to this, I'm so proud of you for just being here, for doing the damn thing. I'm sure that we will be talking about purity culture much more on this podcast, and that I'll be sharing more views that aren't as ranty and more um, researched. (laughs) But I hope that you guys enjoyed this. If you did, I would really appreciate if you left a review or followed us on Spotify or whatever you listen to your podcast on. Um, I am so grateful for a safe space for me to share my experiences and my current feelings on purity culture. Um, I'm just so, so grateful for you guys. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Bye. Thank you so much again for being a part of the Divine Misfits podcast. Follow us on Instagram at the Divine Misfits for updates on the podcast and to keep in touch. If you're interested in sharing your story with us, check out the link in our bio. Can't wait to hear from you.